Bristol Radical History Group are um, going to be telling us all about some notorious historical people, I believe. Welcome to the studio. All right, then. Thanks. Thanks. Um, if you'd like to just introduce yourselves um, and just go for it. Okay, well, I'm, uh, I'm Roger. I'm one of the main organisers for the event, and Will's been organising this week as well. And also we have here Sylvia Federici, who's going to be speaking tonight at the Spyglass 7.30. Spyglass on Welsh back. Um, about witch hunts in the 16th and 17th and 18th centuries, but also more, more recently. So we'll come on to Sylvia in a minute, and I'll just tell you a few things about Bristol Radical History Week. Um, it happens every year. It happens in October and November. This year we've got about 15 different events, and uh, the main subjects are witches, pirates, and smugglers. Um, we've chosen those because we think that they're kind of very popular imaginative figures in fiction and films, but they also carry a lot of history with them, which most people aren't aware of, and which we think is actually more interesting than a lot of the films. Certainly if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, I can guarantee that the history of pirates is a lot more interesting than that. So I don't know if Will wants to add anything to that. Um, no, except that the ideas behind Radical History Week are really to um, try and... Um, uncover some of the forgotten history of our town and also to look at history from below really as opposed to this kind of stuff we uh, get taught in schools which is all about famous battles and royals and, and Bristol's famous engineers and that kind of thing so we're looking at history from the other way around um, which we think is a lot more interesting the way it's normally portrayed. I mean obviously we wouldn't want to uh, put down in any way the suspension bridge in Brunel but we don't think that necessarily is the I mean those areas are very well covered in Bristol local history but we're, yeah. we're looking at a lot more uh, I think more obscure stuff but also much more important in some ways I would argue mm. so well of all the all the historical phenomena probably the witch hunt has been one of the most uh, uh, ignored and misinterpreted in fact you couldn't have uh, Halloween the celebrations uh, for Halloween that you have for instance in the United States where all the children are invited to celebrate it and uh, it's taken as a great festivity. If it was recognized that this was in fact an historical phenomenon that for two centuries in at least ten countries of Europe, you know, thousands of women were hanged or burned at a stake being branded as witches. Um, again, it couldn't be, this, this is completely absent in the popular imagination. And this is one of the things that I'd like to you know, impress tonight um, because there's still much need for research, even though a lot of works have come out in recent year, still there's a lot that we need to know. And it's very important that we do that because witch hunts are not finished. And there's much that we can learn from the witch hunt of the 16th and 17th century. For instance, that you have to be very suspicious of any type of policies that criminalizes entire groups of people. And above all, of policies that dehumanize them, demonize them, because when you do that, then you have a license to do anything, anything can be done to them. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, um, it's very important that um, we brought up this subject and obviously we've shamelessly hijacked Halloween to a certain extent to, <laughs> to put these uh, th these events on. This is um, Sylvia's talks uh, tonight. It's the second of three events where we're looking at uh, witchcraft and demonology and the witch hunt. But as Sylvia said, I mean, for example, you might want to elaborate a little bit more on perhaps witch hunts that are going on right at this moment. Mm. Yeah, 
the witch hunts are going on. I mean, some people have drawn a connection between the witch hunt and many aspects of the war on terror, for example, at least as it has unfolded in the United States, where ma many, many people have found themselves innocent people, have found themselves caught up in a vast machine without having no connection with the crimes of which they've been accused. There are also witch hunts that have been taking place uh, throughout the 90s in several countries of Africa where, again, primarily uh, women, older women, and uh, to some extent older people, you know, have been, have been accused of being bitches in, in situation and context that show that there is a connection between, you know, witch hunting and some of the processes that have been activated by globalization. And one of the things I, wa I want to show tonight, however, uh, discuss tonight, um, is the work that I have done in uh, a book that I've published in 2005, which is called Caliban and the Witch, Women, the Body and Primitive Accumulation, where I look at, uh, I connect the witch hunt in Europe uh, with the transformation that took place you know, in the countries that were affected in conjunction with the transition from economies that were predominantly based on subsistence uh, to monetary economies and the impact that those um, developments had on the position of women. And this will be the, the, the center of my talk, where I try to show that, in fact, with the transition to a monetary economy, you have a process whereby, contrary to what is often believed, in fact, women's labor and as the position of women as a whole was, in fact, devalued. And in a sense, um, women, the social power the women had, you know, came under attack, you know, and, uh, and then what followed was a new sexual division of labor that in fact made women more economically dependent on men, more capable of supporting themselves, and, uh, you know, less able to put forward their interest, you know, in society. Uh, so. This, this is one of the connections that I tried to develop you know, with, with the witch hunts and, and that will be the center of the discussion this evening. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, as far as I, I mean, I've learned a lot from um, reading uh, Sylvia's works, but one thing I would say, for example, that most people are probably maybe aware of is that, you know, sort of prior to that period, uh, for example, medicine, um, you know, contraception and abortion were actually controlled by women. And after the period that were, they were completely outlawed and out of the hands of, of, of women and in the hands of, of male doctors and there's a big change there that occurs in society that's really important something we still see the result of we're still recovering from that process now so it does have a direct relevance to now I mean obviously there are a lot more women doctors in the last 50 years but prior to that there were several hundred years where women were completely excluded from from control over medicine or any access to to, to contraception and abortion. Yeah, it's also interesting the kind of change in the conception of women and the image of femininity that takes place, you know, in the period of the witch hunt, where, uh, you know, the, the witch, which was taken off as a symbol of, of women in general, uh, was portrayed as a threatening uh, figure, aggressive, um, especially lusty, um, but you know, at the end of the period of the witch hunts, um, you have instead the completely opposite 
view of women begins to, to prevail, which is a woman which is tamed, domesticated, which is seen as a very passive figure, um, almost asexual. Um, and uh, what, what I'm claiming is that there is a direct connection between the type of um, a campaign, misogynous campaign that was waged throughout the witch hunt against all women, not only those who were accused of being witches, but in fact all women, and the redefinition of the personality of women, the redefinition of uh, what would constitute femininity. Mm. I mean, you say in that period, um, what period are you talking about, the, the historical um, aspect okay. of it. Yes, the, the fundamental, the, the primary period is the period between the mid-16th century and the beginning of the 18th century. Uh, in fact, you know, the, 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 uh, the peak of the witch hunt was between, in, in most countries, between 1560 to 1650. That was the century in which you act, witch hunting took on almost a, a mass phenomenon and with many, many women often at the same time, you know, being brought to the stake or hanged. Um, but the persecution went on for about two centuries. Hmm. One, of, one of the interesting things is that you can still see signs of it. I mean, for example, I think, I mean, you can correct me, Sylvia, but the word gossip, for example, um, when people say, oh, they're gossiping, or it's used as a derogatory term, particularly for women, or in, it's still in... To, in the present day, and gossip originally didn't mean that. It, it didn't. It wasn't derogatory. It meant friend. Female friend. Female right. friend was a gossip. I mean, it was a, a positive term, but it's become a negative term, and probably directly because of the witch hunts themselves. And, and by the same token, there's a whole language that we are not aware of that comes from the witch hunt, which now has been kind of de-exorcised. You know, for example, fascination. Fascination was the power of the witches. To, to enthrall men and to enthrall people was actually almost synonymous with bewitching. Uh, we also have glamour. Glamour was again, you know, the evil power that the women had through their eyes, you know, to subdue other people and, and cause harm, cause illness, you know, to live in things and, uh, and animals. And so all the signs are there. If you, you don't know where, you've got to know where to look, really, and that's part of what we're trying to do this week is to get get some sort of um, understanding of, of, of where you can see these changes today. So. Hmm. Okay, and uh, that's what that's one aspect of um, what this Radical History Week is all about. Uh, is, is this uh, an annual occurrence? And yes, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to do another one next year. Um, um, the, the first one we did last year in 2006, um, and we took, us, uh, we took a number of themes including religious radicals of the 17th century. Um, uh, we commemorated the 350th anniversary of um, James Naylor's um, so-called blasphemous ride into Bristol. Naylor was um, a religious radical of the Civil War period um, who um, became one of the, the early leaders of the, of the Quakers in, the, in, in Britain. So, um, so we reenacted we re it with... Um, um, a group of can-can dancers, 30 Civil War soldiers and a big mob. So it went down really well in Corn Street if you were there. I'm sure people, anybody who's listened to this who was there, their jaws were dropping. But, um, and their drawers were dropping as well, I should imagine. But, um, yeah, yeah, so very successful. So we, we've also did some events in March around the abolition of slave traders, which, were, which was successful. But um, So we will be doing more events in the future, and I'm, I'm sure people will hear about them. But just one last thing I'd like to say is about Saturday, 
which is, uh, is our pirate day. So we've got uh, Marcus Redeker from the University of Pittsburgh as a world expert on Caribbean piracy coming. He'll be speaking at the Spyglass and Welsh back in the afternoon. Um, and we've also got boat trips around the harbour, we've got pirates coming down and some bawdy, bawdy women pirates are turning up apparently. And uh, there'll be lots of children's events as well. So that's Saturday afternoon, this Saturday coming at, 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 um, at the Spyglass boat on the, on the, the waterfront on uh, Welshback. Um, so if you fancy finding, meeting some pirates and going on a boat trip around the harbour then that's the day to do it, this Saturday. So. But for all details of all the events we've got coming up, we should, we've got a website which we should plug as well, which www.brh.org.uk. So go there for all the details of everything that's happening on Bristol Radical History Week up until next week. Right. Well, we'll put the details of that on our uh, Facebook group as well, so all our listeners can access that there as well. Um, anything you'd like to add to that? Um, no, that all sounds great. Just sort of more generally about the whole week. Um, Sylvia's mentioned that she's doing a talk. Is it mainly in lectures or is there a whole range of events? Well, we like to, we like to mix them. I mean, the, the kind of events we do, we, we, the core of the week is, is a series of lectures mm -hmm. and workshops which we put together during the week. And we try and invite um, visiting academics, local historians to come and speak. And we, we particularly encourage them to, you know, we, we really like the participation of... Uh, of people from outside universities as well as inside but we like to keep the venues in the city um, so they're more accessible sometimes it's difficult people are a bit more intimidated by coming up to Bristol University and and trying to uh, to engage with academics there so we like to get our academics give them a day out encourage them to meet the public and uh, and and it's good for them because they have to translate sometimes theory out into the wider world which is a very useful thing to learn I would say to any academics who might be listening or future academics so um, yeah we encourage, we encourage participation we've also got um, film shows at the Cube Cinema um, there's some really great ones this week with BBC film directors um, at the Cube on Thursday and next Tuesday so you should look on the try and find the programme on the website to have a look at that mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, mixture of events. A lot of variation then. Yeah. Yeah, big selection. Yeah. Sounds well worth going along to. Thank you very much for coming in and uh, telling us all about it. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for from uh, Bristol Radical History Group, but thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.